For 35 years of priesthood, I have preached behind an ambo. Last week, I saw the brave man out here and I thought, I'll give it a go. <laughs> See how it turns out. I don't think you probably appreciate what a great thrill this is for me. The last Sunday Mass I celebrated was for 23 people at St. Bridget's at Rosewood in Queensland. It's one of my 11 churches that I am responsible for with four parishes. It's a different kind of system over there. We're, we're running out of priests, so they give people of my age and experience a, a few places to look after. So when I go home and tell them that last Sunday or last Saturday evening I was in this massive big church with a beautiful music and lots of celebration and welcome. It's like going to the Super Bowl, really. This is kind of, <laughs> this is it. I'm a player in the Super Bowl. And when Father Eric invited me to, to be with you this evening, my first thought, and I'll let you into a little bit of what happens for priests sometimes. Not every scripture reading fills us with the sense of joy that you think. Because sometimes you think, what on earth am I going to do with that? I don't know how to bring that apart, uh, open to everybody, but what joy when the first words I saw in the gospel were, do not let your hearts be afraid. Trust in God still and trust in me. Then a little later on, won't be your words you're speaking, it's the words from the Father. So if I'm no good, blame him. <laughs> but tonight's three readings are so rich in, in what they have to offer. It, uh, I could go on. That's all I'm saying. I could go on. So if I haven't got to the main point in the next hour, could somebody just raise their hand, <laughs> let me know. That'll do. I have a, a great fondness for a, um, a man that you may have heard of called Viktor Frankl. He was a, uh, a psychiatrist, a neurologist great writer. And it's important that you know that he also was a Holocaust survivor as well. So what he spoke of came from what he lived. And one of his great statements was, uh, and I heard this a long time ago and it troubled me when I heard it, he said, everything can be taken from man. He wasn't uh, being politically correct when he used that, but from humanity he meant. Um, everything can be taken except the last great freedom to be able to choose your attitude in every circumstance. Now, I need you to hear that. I need you to understand the importance of that because if you hold on to it and sit with it long enough and try to live it, you will be incredibly enriched. The last great freedom is to be able to choose your attitude in every circumstance. Now, like most people, I started to be a little cynical of that, saying, oh, well, that sounds very nice when a psychiatrist is saying it. But it's not true. I mean, you can't choose whether you're going to be angry or not. You can't choose whether you're going to be sad or not, or happy or not. It just overcomes you without your choice. And then I realised that I have actually been listening to someone else a lot longer than Viktor Frankl who said pretty much the same thing. Do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled, he said at the start of that gospel. Don't let your hearts be troubled as though I have, have some say in it. That gospel passage is probably the most popular um, passage that is chosen by people when they're selecting their funeral ceremony. And I just wonder where that, why that happens. If for some reason, over the next week, God chooses to take me to him or elsewhere, would you mind 
picking that gospel for me, please, because it really sums up for me the whole message of what Christ has come to say. It's all there in that wonderful section. And if anyone was to come up to you and say, okay, so what is the good news that you're all talking about? What is, you know, somebody who didn't know Christ, what do you mean by this good news? What's so good about it? Well, it contains what I think are four of the most profound learnings that Christ taught his disciples. And so therefore, we, that royal priesthood, sharing in what he said to the disciples, also get to hear it as well. First of all, we do have a choice about our attitude. We don't have to get angry at the person who cuts in on us in the car. We want to, we feel like it, but we don't have to. You can actually choose not to be frustrated if someone pushes their shopping trolley in ahead of you in the line. It's possible. I've tried it twice and it worked. (laughs) It's also possible to choose to be sad sometimes. And I did it yesterday. I was watching on TV with my Australian friends um, the memorial, uh, the uh, opening of the 9-11 Museum. And I thought, this looks nice, that's great. Oh, I'm pleased I'm here in America when that's happening. And little by little, I wanted to be part of what was happening. I wanted to have that same experience that they had because I, I kind of wanted to be sad with them. I wanted to, to know that I had a part in their experience as well. So I chose to be sad. I chose to not walk away from it. And that's an important thing that we need to do sometimes as well. So point number one is, I I say, to be able to choose your attitude in every circumstance. Not easy. I don't think Jesus was saying it was easy, and I bet Viktor Frankl wasn't saying it was easy. But hold on to it, because it is a freedom that you've been given. All the more for us who have a reason to change that attitude. The next thing I like about that gospel or that that I think is the great news is this house that we've been invited to share in. Now, I'm not sure what heaven looks like, but because I don't know, I choose to make something up. And I just love the idea of a house, maybe a big one like this, where there are all sorts of seats and little spaces and big spaces for all of the different people who have found the way to the fullness of their life. I'm not saying they found it always through Christ, but there are many people who have found the fullness and the satisfaction in their belief in God that you and I have found and don't call it what we do. I'm really looking forward to being able to share some space with them. If there weren't different ways of of coming to God, then maybe Jesus would have said, in my father's house there's one great big hall. But he said there are different dwelling places. And I just feel very comfortable in the fact that it's not only my way that gets me there, but it's other people's way. And I need to keep listening to that way, just in case my own experience is not as rich as it should be. Then he said, the other thing that that I feel really... um, quite delighted about is he said I'm going now to the Father and I will prepare a place for you and where I am you will be too. Now there's no maybe in that. There's no, well if you're really good boys and girls we'll get you there. Where I am you will be also. 
Now, that just removes from me a great sense of, of doubt, a what if. I feel just so confident that if I'm at least able to believe, as that second reading said, if you believe it and take it to heart, then you become who Christ wants you to be. And so I'm not wondering, oh, gee, did, I, did God catch me out on that particular point? Wasn't I looking? Was I, should I be more careful? Perhaps I should be more careful a lot about my life, but I'm just very consoled with the fact that where Christ is, I will be also. Then Thomas, gee, that fellow. I mean, if they've picked him for sainthood, we're going to get there too, I fear. <laughs> this is a troublemaker, this man. Unless I can see the, the marks, unless I can put my finger into the marks, I'm not believing. And then he's been with this man through everything and says, how are we supposed to know how to get there? Well, I think that Jesus quite carefully says to him, listen, I've told you, weren't you listening? I and what I've done and what I've said, that's the way. And it's the truth if you'll accept it. That's the way to the Father. Is it difficult? Well, at times it is. But as he said to Thomas, just watch and learn. You've seen me, now do what I've done. Now that's really the task ahead of us and that's where we probably the rubber hits the road as they say. That's when you and I have to put it to the test each day. But I'm not sitting, standing here thinking that's the hardest job anyone's ever done. I'm thinking that there are all sorts of ways to live out that truth and all sorts of experiences that will lead us to understand why that is a truth. And I'm looking forward to a time when in the long distant future when you and I get called to that house and when that comes I'm going to get you to come to my room and we're going to tell each other how much we enjoyed the journey because my belief above everything else, is if we're not happy, we're not doing it right. And when it comes to my faith, if I'm not happy with how I'm living it, how I'm praying it, how I'm receiving it, and how I'm serving others in doing it, then I'm not doing it right. Because we have the way, the truth, and the life. It's there as a wonderful gift. Embrace it.